Do you have questions about your retirement? Most of us do, right? And did you know that estate planning is not just for the ultra wealthy? It's for all of us. Steve Hoyle, host of Retire Texas Style, can help you create an income plan for life as well as protect your family and your assets. Hear more about Steve, his team, and his strategies Sunday afternoons at 3 and Tuesday evenings at 6, right here on News Radio KLBJ. They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. 77 degrees right now, Melinda. How nice is that? (laughs) Mostly sunny. Let's keep it. Yes, it's a great day. Hope you're having a good one. Thank you for joining us. Tiger is here producing President Biden says he's proud to announce that he is wiping away more college loan debt. We're discussing that as well as other big stories with you at 512-836-0590. Sis is calling from North Austin at 503. Hello, Sis. How are you this afternoon? Oh, man, it is beautiful out here. Yes, indeed. It's a great day. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. And there might be a lot of things you don't like about somebody, but when you hire a CEO, you don't hire them for their personality. You hire them for results. And the president we have now, Ukraine has a bio lab that's owned by China, and Russia, they're controlling, China's controlling them through their grain and also their oil. So you got to look who's controlling the strings. So we're basically giving money and to China, and they want to deflate our dollar. That's the whole purpose, is to de- make our dollar worthless. Oh, and they're sadly doing a good job of that, sis. And that people don't realize Saudi Arabia is now letting China, with the one, um, actually purchase directly. There's certain countries that are stopping... You can't buy with U.S. dollars now. So China is getting away with all of this. And you think the fentanyl, you think that is for drugs, to make money with drugs? No, ask them. They tell you flat out. It's to kill all gringos. That's exactly what they say. Kill all gringos. All right, uh, sis, thank you. 512-836-0590. Uh, Glenn is in Pflugerville on KLBJ. It's 505. How you doing today, Glenn? Good. Yes. Uh, my, my, my comment is that instead of the federal government uh, letting these loans go, I think the responsibility goes back to the universities. After all, who got the money from the student loans? The universities. And they, they've upped tuition. They don't pay income tax. They, they string these kids along to get, you know, more student loans. And with uh, low, you know, ROI on, you know, their career afterwards. So I think the res- responsibility needs to go to the universities to, to pay back these loans if they're not going to make, uh, you know, students do it. Absolutely, Glenn. In in no way does one administration wiping out all of this debt solve the problem moving forward. And if you don't address how it got to this point, 
what is this going to be a never-ending thing don't worry about ever paying for any school loan that you take out because the government will eventually come in and just wipe it free and clear yeah and if, if the universities had more skin in the game they'd be a little bit more careful about you know what student loans they they let you know happen right have a good one, sir. Thank you, Glenn. We appreciate it. 512-836-0590. This is a story out of Florida where an illegal alien from Guatemala is now suing the taxpayers and he's suing the estate of a fallen U.S. police officer who One this illegal killed. is accused of killing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is just mind-boggling. His attorney has filed a federal civil rights lawsuit saying that his limited English speaking skills make him disabled and he was denied his rights under, are you ready for it? The Americans with Disability Act. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're arguing he's disabled because he does not speak English, he does not speak Spanish, his language is ma'am, and he, he can't understand anyone in this country. Therefore, when he was being questioned by the police, that started the violation of his civil rights, and he needs to be paid for it. I mean, I, I, you, you cannot even make this stuff up. That one, you have an attorney, which I'm sure taxpayers are paying for, that would say... File something under Americans with Disability Act for someone who is here illegally, not an American. You don't get the same rights. I'm sorry. It's a disgrace, isn't it? Shame on those lawyers that cook this up. Shame on these guys or, or ladies for doing this. It's yeah. ridiculous. One officer is dead as a result of this illegal alien fighting with the officers. Yeah, they say that this, but he was a victim, a violation of his Fourth, Fifth, Sixth Amendment constitutional rights. Then don't break into another country if you can't speak the language and obey their laws. That's very it's easy very to follow. Very easy. Yes. Exactly. Don't leave Guatemala if you know you can't speak the language of this country. He was even questioned in Spanish by an officer who speaks Spanish, and now these attorneys are saying, now he, he doesn't even understand Spanish. His language is an indigenous language of Guatemala. Uh, therefore, his rights were violated. Uh, tell me, why? what rights? You're here illegally. Are, are you granted the exact same rights as what the um, U.S. Constitution grants American citizens? I'm well, not saying that you... Don't treat them as a human. Right. But I don't think those rights extend to individuals that choose to come here illegally. Knowing he doesn't speak the language, knowing he doesn't speak Spanish, that's on him. He, he made this choice. He made a series of horrible choices yes. that resulted in the death of a U.S. police officer. And now these attorneys are trying to cite the Americans with Disabilities Act as a way to get him off the hook. And filing against the fallen hero's estate. Yes. So Trying to get money family. out of family. Yeah. Oh, That's why I said it's shameful. It is extremely shameful, disgusting. 
Let's go to Bruce on Mopac. It's 510 on KLBJ. How are you today, Bruce? Welcome. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. I try to listen to you whenever I can. That's great. Um, We appreciate it. Thank you. I'm I'm calling regarding the student loan forgiveness. Uh, I'm, I'm 73 years old, and I remember what the old system was. In order to get a student loan, you had to essentially propose a plan where your major would be able to pay for your schooling. You couldn't just borrow $100,000 to major in basket weaving. Mm -hmm. That's that's where these loans have come from, is people are borrowing money that shouldn't be borrowing it. The days when you lived at home, go to a junior college for two years, and then maybe go to a four-year college and finish up if you need to, that's pretty much gone. These kids expect to go live in a fancy dorm, eat really fancy food, uh, spend whatever they want to on their tuition, and hell yes, there's too much uh, student debt. But the problem is not with uh, the borrowing, it's the stupid borrowing. Well, it it is stupid borrowing, you're right, and... And the colleges were complicit in all of this. They yes. absolutely, it, it absolutely. was it was a waterfall of taxpayer money, and they used it to build lazy rivers and climbing walls and it fancy starts dorms with them. And that's why I say, even if we were all on board and say, "Okay, you wipe this all out," I give it another nice four years, we're right back where we are right now. I went to a nice private school, but we didn't have any of those facilities at the time. You didn't have a lazy river? No, we did not. <laughs> we had, we had, we had, I was on the swim team. We had a 20-yard indoor swimming pool that was awful, that had been built 50 years earlier. <laughs> now they have a, an absolute castle because the kids can borrow the damn money to go to school. Yeah, that's right. That's at the heart of the matter. Bruce, thank you. You have a good one. 512-836-0590. It's 512. Mark and Melinda, News Radio, KLBJ. And now, back to The Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. An Austin man has reached a plea bargain agreement with the Travis County District Attorney, KXAN, says the man agreed to plead guilty to two felonies, manslaughter and injury to a child in connection with this man's role in the death of a 13-year-old South Austin boy in 2022. In return, the district attorney has agreed that this man will serve no time behind bars, 10 years probation. He will have to go to anger management class and parenting class and pay restitution to the family of the 13-year-old who died that restitution is $17,000. I, when we talk about the DA's office here in Travis County continuously offering up plea agreements f- for far, 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 far less of a punishment, it, most of the time not even punishment, this would definitely fall under that for me. I do not understand how... You can be convicted of two felonies, you plead guilty, and that equates to 10 years probation, and a 13-year-old boy is dead because of your actions. KXAN says this is what happened. It was 2022. A bunch of teenagers are believed to have thrown dog poop on this homeowner's front door. He got angry and chased them. They took off on their bikes 
he went after them in his car. He caught up to them. He jumped out and started uh, swinging and punching these kids. Witnesses say that his car rolled forward and rolled over one of these boys, killing a 13-year-old boy on the scene. So that is the death in the manslaughter charge and the uh, injury to a child. That's, that's what started all of this and led to this man saying, I'm going to plead guilty in this plea bargain agreement. I just don't understand how this was even an option that was put forth, not only put forth, but accepted by whatever judge that oversaw this case as well. Mm-hmm. And the judge is not named in this story by KXAN. The Travis County DA, Jose Garza, put out a statement saying, this sentence for this man will ensure that he is held accountable with two felony convictions. How? He's, he's free at his home right now. How is that being held accountable for two felony convictions? It says he has to pay restitution and he'll be supervised by the courts for a long period of time. 17000 does not bring back a 13-year-old in the entire life that he had to live moving forward. No, it does not. But District Attorney Jose Garza says justice is served by this agreement. I highly disagree, especially when I went back and started looking up the news articles on when this happened. And the witnesses there are saying this man got out of his... First off, he got his four-year-old and put him in the car while he went to go take after chase after these 13-year-olds, immediately got out of the car and started pounding on them. It's cited in one of the articles that I read that he said, you're going to die tonight. Um, I There does not seem to be... He had to get into his car, chase them, and then still decided to jump out and punch this these kids. I'm sure he did not intend for his car to run over and kill them, but he had to know his actions of a man going after teenagers and beating them up is not normal actions either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, based on the reporting by KXAN and KVU, it sounds as though the district attorney had enough witnesses and evidence to take this to trial, take it before a jury and do your best to get a conviction here rather than settling for a plea bargain agreement. Yeah, I mean, if again, if some of the witnesses that have said, one says they were asked by police if the, this guy got out and tried to restrain or stop the juveniles, maybe collect their information, and the witness said, no, it was an immediate assault. He got out and started punching. Again, I don't think he intended to run over them, but you were in such a fury that you not only didn't put your car in park, you endangered your own son, four years old, sitting, I'm guessing, in the back. I don't know where the four-year-old was, but you didn't even care enough about your four-year-old to make sure that the car was in park. KXAN interviewed one of the teenagers who was right there in the middle of all of this. He said uh, the man did chase them down in his car and jumped out and started hitting one of his friends. This teenager says, I hit the homeowner in the back of the head, and then I saw the car start rolling forward, and it rolled over my friend and killed him Mm. right there in the street. 
We'd like to hear your thoughts on this. 512-836-0590. Call or text to weigh in. The Travis County DA says justice is served in this case. Probation, anger management classes, parenting classes, and restitution for the family of the 13-year-old in the form of $17,000 in payments. This man has a child. I wonder if he thinks roles reversed and it was his child. Would he think that this was justice for the person that did the same thing to his child? Just curious. Mm -hmm. All right. Weigh in with your thoughts. 512-836-0590. You can also uh, comment on President Biden's latest announcement that he's moving college loan debt from U.S. people who pulled out the loans and took them to go to college, and he's transferring it over to all of the taxpayers. Uh, Bob Woody is calling from downtown. Hey, Bob, how are you this afternoon? Hey, Mark, Bob Woody, doing good. Great, nice to hear from you. What are your thoughts this afternoon, Bob? <clears throat> you know, it's it's just a way of purchasing votes. I mean, he has this, he has this agenda to... Uh, do these things that will help him, uh, you know, strengthen his base. So when he looks at this, the college students that work for me at the clubs and stuff, I mean, those those kids are paying their loans. I don't I don't really know who's who's turning it up and and not doing that. But the truth of the matter is, I was I was thinking about how he's affected the world with this inflation that he's caused, and he continues to 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 do payola to these things that he wants to support to try to buy these votes. So he just prints more money, gives it to his organization or whatever that he needs to, and, and just pays off debt and pushes the price, as Melinda said, down on the, on the dollar. You know, the truth of the matter is, if he wanted to win, it's very simple. All he has to do is he has, he's a lame duck. He's got four more years, so he doesn't really have to appease anyone. His way to win is just to go ahead and let Texas become the 56% of oil and gas that it, that it produces for the United States. Go ahead and allow that to take place. And he, truthfully, his base would be upset, but he would win because it would just save the world. Right now, he's just killing the world. He continues to do this. And, you know, Trump has already given him the, he's already given him the recipe. Hey, drill, baby, drill. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that in itself, and everybody will vote for him. But, uh, you know, he, he, he wants to do this, continue to drown us, and make what we have worth less and less. I remember before, uh, before the election, I, I said to uh, this woman that I work with, I said, who will you vote for? And her, her comment was, anyone but Trump. This is what she said. And I said, I said, really? And she said, yeah. And I said, okay. Well, I just left it alone. But... After this guy had been in office for a year, I went back and, and I worked with her and I said, Hey, how's that how that how that election work out? What what's your thought? Just give me your thought on it. She goes, You know it's terrible and we're in terrible shape and and you know, she doesn't she's she she doesn't make uh you know, two or three times what she was making then. She and and that's the thing about inflation. It goes up and your pay does not keep up with it. So it's it's difficult and when you continue to print money to pay off student debt, I mean, the money's got to come from somewhere, so it just prints more. Well, when there's more money in circulation, inflation is, is part of it. But every single thing we have in the United States is delivered on a truck. And as long as this price is high on fuel, that price of inflation is going to be grown from there. We've got to get 
fuel prices down. Whatever it takes, that's what we have to do, and that'll fix the world. Bob Woody. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Bob. <laughs> thank you, Bob. You could put that on a bumper sticker, couldn't you? Yep. That'll fix the world. <laughs> uh, Courtney is with us at 526. Hello, Courtney. How are you this afternoon? Hello, Mark and Melinda and Ed. I'm doing great today. How about yourself? Very well, thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to call in about the college tuition. Yes. Um, I grew up in Kentucky, and there is a college. You can look it up right now if you want. Um, It's the Berea College in Berea, Kentucky. They started in 1855. Reverend John G. Fee opened it. It was for diversity and to make co-education available. And they welcomed everybody from anywhere and everywhere. But what they did is they put in a work program for people that could not afford to go to school. It's still up and running to this day. They have you work at least 10 hours a week or more. And on your paycheck, they take out $3 and they put it towards the school, the missions of the school. And they have 130 different departments that they work in, but people don't have to pay to go to school. It's a work-to-go-to-school program. Is that what you Did you do that? I did not. I didn't find out about it until later in years. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but um, when I started checking into it, I started recommending a lot of people go. Because instead of taking out these big loans, you can actually work off your tuition. So it's instead of taking out, you know, $100,000, whatever, it, and they have all the programs. I mean, they're well-to-do. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's. I think more places need to open colleges like that. And if they do some history on how he did it, he used his own land to build it. Well, it needs to be things, if we're thinking about how do we make college more affordable, those are the type of things that we need to be looking at, not, okay, well, once the debt's already incurred, then, you know, Let's let the government wipe it out. Or I'm sorry, let's let all of America wipe it out. Right. Move the burden from those who agreed to pay it back to everybody. To those that did not. Courtney, thank you. Have a good one. 512-836-0590. And now back to the Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. Tigers here producing. It's 533 MSNBC put together a focus group of Democrat voters. Uh, One question they wanted to know is, how do you rate the performance of President Biden in office? Here's how that focus group responded on MSNBC. How do you think he's doing so far? Well, I don't I don't think he's doing well. I think, though, I'm what you're hearing is you're hearing the people closest to him, the people that's that work with him. They all keep talking about how how well, how lucid he is and how he's so sharp and how he's on it. But we're not seeing that. That's what we need to see. It's up to them to prove to us that everything's okay. I agree. Even if he's slow or uh, not as articulate as he was, I think he's still able to make great decisions. He's got surrounding himself with wonderful advisors. And I have everything. I think his mental acuity is fine. I think it has more to do with his physical appearance. And I think when you listen to him, the cadence of his words is slowed down. But a lot of that is natural aging. Aging. He's 81. So I didn't hear any of them talk about the results of his policies. Uh, they were focused on his mental ability, physical characteristics, etc. That seemed to be top of mind for them. 
Yeah, th- that one lady, I I wish it wouldn't have cut her off when because it sounded like she had more to say after she said, I've got everything. I, You got everything what that you that you're looking for or i i would like to know like where was she going mm-hmm. with that thought but you're right it all is about uh does he have the mental acuity does he have the physical ability um and the fact that they say oh well he's surrounded by great handlers so that gives me the hope that he's going to make great decisions we did not elect these handlers uh, that's my issue with this. If if he's not the one that is, yes, you have to have great people and advisors around you, but you're the one that has to make those final decisions. You are the president. I don't know that we can say that about this president if he is the one that is making all of the final calls. And, and what do you think about those decisions, those policies, whether they're his idea or his handler's? How do you assess the results of those policies? Are you pleased that he tried to force a radical change on the entire U.S. auto industry to go to electric vehicles? Are you pleased with his uh, plan in Afghanistan that resulted in the deadly withdrawal? Were you pleased with how he's handled Iran as president? I didn't hear anybody assessing any of those major policy areas. Yeah, and I was just going to sit here and let you keep going till I till I came up to one that I was like, yeah, I'm pleased. Yes, so far uh, I'm striking yeah, out on the zero, examples. Zero. They went on to ask the people on the focus group if Biden is not at the top of the ticket in 24. What is the candidate you would prefer to see at the top? Who would you pick as the strongest person? to beat Donald Trump, not as the best president, but the person who you'd have the greatest confidence could beat Donald Trump. Andy Bashir. Ashley. Uh, Gavin Newsom. Judy. No, I totally don't, don't believe in Gavin Newsom. I would do Pritzker or Bashir, yeah. Tracy. Michelle Obama. <laughs> I know you said that, I know you said that for a purpose. I, I would say Newsom or I'm, I'm excited for Shapiro down the road at some point. Shapiro, yeah. 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 Josh Shapiro. Did you catch that from the guy asking the questions right off the top? Not who is going to be the best at president, but who will beat Trump. And that is the issue. Yes. It should always be, and I don't care what party it is, who is going to be best at being president at representing us representing this nation and making sure that this nation continues to be a good nation not to beat to beat who's going to beat no one should be voting that way but a lot of them did in 2020 that that was their focus beat trump and now look at the mess that Biden has unleashed in so many areas. Yes. 512-836-0590. What was the the laughter with Michelle Obama? He said, I know you're you're saying that for a point. Did you, is that the inside joke? You know, because we hear so many times here, oh, she'll be the one that's on top of the ticket of 2024. I was just curious that they would, as they're sitting there naming all of these people, that sh- that lady named her and then giggled and then he was like, oh, I know there was a reason you said that and you had others laugh. Like, there's something 
something there because that was just bizarre. Why not just let her say Michelle Obama and move on to the others as quickly as they were moving on on the other suggestions? I, I don't know why so many of them started laughing and cackling over that. You can weigh in with your thoughts. 512-836-0590. Kent is in Leander, 538. Good afternoon, Kent. Welcome. Thank you. You know, I was listening to this conversation about student loans being paid by your neighbors instead of paying them by yourself. And I was just thinking, you know, my in my entire lifetime, the government has never made a payment on its own debt. And so there's no wonder that they see this as a way to move forward, that you, you just don't pay your debt. You know, somehow it magically disappears or somebody else will pay it for you or take it or something. We're at $34 trillion. We'll spend more on interest on that debt this year than we will on our entire military mm-hmm. and safety for the country. It's it's um, unconscionable. Um, but I get it. I get why they're doing it. I just think it's a shame. We ought to be paying down our own debt and set that example well, for the young people coming out of college. Ken, I would say we're given enough to do it. You just got to have people stop spending extra on top of what we're given. Yeah, no doubt it's enough money. It's not a uh, it's not an income problem. There's plenty of tax coming in. It's a spending problem. Exactly. And and they can't stop spending. And I get it. It's hard to run for office and say, "Hey, I'm going to I'm going to run for office and I promise I will bring nothing back to our district. I'm not going to spend on our district. I'm not going to bring money back to our our community." And that's what it would representatives and senators who say enough. I don't want any money for my area, but good luck getting elected. That's a tough sell to say, I'm going to get elected and fight for no money for our area and so we can pay down the debt. That's just, that's a tough sell. I would say I would fight for no money for our area, but you'll get it back once I get all this cutting and you won't be paying as much in taxes. So it's a yeah, win-win. Keep it in the first place. Yes, yes. You never have to depart with it. Kent, have a good one, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, this is Jim in Leander, 540 with Mark and Melinda. How are you today, Jim? Great. How are you guys? Fine, fine, Jim. Welcome aboard. Uh, yeah, the current topic. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I can see Newsom easily because uh, they will pick someone who they can most easily control. This is Biden. It pretty much has nothing to do with experience. It's what you will do for control. That's how it is. And, and, and you're, you're convinced that that is Newsom? Uh, Newsom, maybe, uh, the talk has been Michelle Obama. I just can't see her doing that. I mean, if she gets paid well enough, maybe so. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be in the millions per year, obviously. Uh, Jim, thank you, sir. You're breaking up there a little bit. We're losing you. You have a good one. Here are the numbers. Get in here and join us with your thoughts. 512-836-0590. It's 541 with Mark and Melinda. And now, back to The Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. A waitress says she got a $10,000 tip on a bill of $32.43. And she ended up getting fired after chaos erupted over this issue. But the restaurant owners, Melinda, are saying that's not why we fired her. That's not why we let her go. I'm not sure. I, this was, Sorry, this was a very hard story for me to follow the way that this one was written. So I'm going to let you go ahead and fill everyone in as to what was going on. Because my understanding was the waitress got this and she shared it with the wait staff. She yes. broke it up and shared it with that. And then maybe there was some controversy with the kitchen staff. Yes, yes, you've got it right. Uh, eight people who are servers or work out front 
got some of the money. She shared it with them. But the story says the people in the back, the cooks, dishwashers, etc., got nothing. And that's when the chaos erupted. And so uh, she says she ended up getting fired, but the owners say, no, that's not why we let her go. Here she is, Lindsay Boyd, the Michigan waitress, speaking with WSBT News in Michigan. I just gave him a hug. (laughs) I didn't even know his name at that point, but I gave him a hug. And um, he then told me that he had left the memorial of someone very dear to him. And he just wanted to do something really kind and generous in her name. Yeah, so that's the customer. He was in town for a memorial service, left her ten grand on that bill. And she says, I shared it with a lot of the people out front. But then the people in the back started getting mad. And the next thing I know, I'm fired. Uh, she says, I thought I was doing something nice. It was an upbeat story. Uh, But then I got fired and all of this drama and animosity and hurt that all flowed down on top of me. And she got a phone call from management at the restaurant telling her uh, that, uh, boy, you're gone. That's going to be it. I I still haven't seen the explanation. I know the the restaurant saying, I guess, that they can't say more. Maybe there's some legal action going on here, but what... What would the rush one? I don't do you have to share with the back? Would it probably be nice to say, Hey, this is a ten thousand dollar tip? Let me spread it around all the employees that were here working today. Yes, that's that's nice. Um, but her not doing so, what is the policy of that restaurant? Is that why she got fired? Is because she didn't follow whatever the tipping policy is? Well. She says her theory is uh, that the owners were wanting to know, well, who's mad about all of this? And she wouldn't give any specific names of anybody that approached her saying they were mad about all this. And she thinks that's why she got fired, for not revealing names. I don't know what the standard practice would be. Uh, Should she share it with everybody working that night? Back end, front end, everybody? It seemed like... She was being pretty generous in sharing with the, the, the front end, stuff, wasn't yeah. she? I mean, they wouldn't have had food to give if it wasn't for the people that are in the kitchen. So I can understand. Anybody that was working yes. that day here is some. I, and I'm not even saying that you have to split that up evenly. But I'm not... To, to believe her, I don't understand why the restaurant would fire her. I would like to hear the restaurant's side. I know they're saying, oh, that's not the reason why we fired her, but well, then what is? Yeah, we just were left to guess at this point. Did they think that she should have come to them first and said, look, I just got... Here's $10,000 I was given. Yes. I did see something in here, and I don't know if it came from the restaurant side of this, but they said, well, she doesn't have to pay taxes on that. We do. Uh, as in the business. So maybe they did think that, that she should have just given the 10000 to them and then let them decide whether to keep it or split it up. That could be it. Uh, many of you listening right now are very knowledgeable about the restaurant business. Maybe you can shine light on it. 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text. You've probably heard that horrifying news out of Livingston, Texas, about the discovery of the body of that little girl. Mm -hmm, 11-year-old. Yeah, in the Trinity River. This guy that's now being charged with capital murder in the case. 
Uh, they had him years ago on a very similar type of case. 2008 in Brazoria County, Texas. According to ABC 13 in Houston. According to records in 2007, this guy attempted to remove a child's pants after getting in bed with her. This is a little girl. And then somebody in the DA's office decided we'll let him do a plea bargain agreement and got it reduced down to child enticement, and he only did two years behind bars. Yes, and the original charge would have had him have to register as a sex offender. This plea agreement where it came down to child enticement did not require that. And I, that alone is is horrific, but he also had two decades worth of criminal behavior, had a long history, more than a dozen arrests, and yet here he was able to take the life of this 11-year-old. He was being allowed to live in a trailer on the property of this little girl's father. She she was living with the father and the grandparent, mm-hmm. not living with her mother. And it's reported the father would allow this guy to walk the little girl to the bus stop, and if it was raining, allow him to drive her to school. I wonder how much the father knew about this individual. I would hope everything you possibly could learn before you say, okay, yeah, you can be alone with my child. But did he know the extent of this guy's background? Well, just based on his appearance, they should have been highly suspicious. When you see the booking photos of this guy, he looks like a monster, something out of a nightmare. Well, and when you read how they found this little girl... If he was indeed the one, and I'm going to say that he is because he told them where to go look, uh, definitely a monster. No doubt about it. And, and you have to question Brazoria County, DA, judges. Remember that case right there years ago? He, he tried to begin to attack a little girl and just horrific. And they decided, okay, we'll just let him plea bargain down to child enticement rather than going all out to get this guy off the streets. He's a predator. In my eyes, whenever a child is involved, there's no such thing as any kind of plea it down. It is the max of the max. Yes, as it should be. Well, look at that case we talked about this week in Hayes County. The guy uh, now has his fourth felony conviction for strangulation of a woman. And he got no time God, behind bars. No, yeah, just probation. 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts. The Wall Street Journal says Idaho is working on a new state law that says teachers would be able to bring their gun to school if they wish, and they would not need the permission of the school board or school authorities. And... Uh, the people who are sponsoring this say, look, we've got a lot of small schools spread all over this state, a lot of rural schools. We, it's not reasonable to think they can all have their own police force or security guards. We want teachers to be able to bring a gun to school, and we don't want the school board to be able to say no to them bringing a gun. I agree with this just because, I mean, the Constitution doesn't really put a lot of roadblocks in your way when it comes to your right to 
have a weapon, carry a weapon. This, to me, is extended to that. I do think that when you are talking about bringing it into the school, it should be that the admin knows that you are going to be doing that. Um, and I'm even, and I think in this bill that's being pushed, they said that would even extend to the local law enforcement knowing. So, because of course, the, the first question that always comes up is, well, how are they going to be able to tell the good guy from the bad, bad guy if you've mm-hmm. got everybody there with guns? And I think you can extend it to that. I did see one of the statements in here from a superintendent that said they weren't on board with this because how... You know, what if I have got a disgruntled employee that's um, deciding to carry, has a license to carry and brings it into the school? Honey, if you have a disgruntled employee that's going to to shoot you, they're not going to care if they have a license or not and they're bringing it onto mm-hmm. the school. That can be any employee. Yeah. It says right now under this proposal, any holder of an enhanced concealed weapons license who chose to carry a gun would have to notify the school principal and superintendent, keep the gun concealed on their person. Local police would get the person's name and photo through their identity, uh, and it would be kept confidential by the police. But again, they say the whole point is the school could not say, no, you cannot bring a gun to school to the teacher. I don't have a problem with that. And they're not just saying anyone. They They are putting in their requirement of having a license to carry or a concealed weapons license. Lori Evans is the mother of an Idaho student. She tells the Wall Street Journal, this would be a way to keep the kids safer. If potential shooters know the staff might be armed, this could make them think twice. Our kids need to be protected more than just locked doors or teachers sitting there with nothing to defend the kids. She says, I'm all for it. Yeah, and as long as it is volunteer, a volunteer, the only the staff that wants to do this does this. No one's forced to do it that doesn't like handling guns and is uncomfortable with it. The admin knows who's carrying. The local police knows who's carrying. Let them. And again, this is still up for debate, but it looks like it will be approved in Idaho. We'll keep you up to date. That'll do it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Melinda, have a great evening. You too, Mark. We're here every weekday, live and local, 2 to 6. Mark and Melinda, thank you, Tiger. Thank you, Kyle. The news is coming up next. Most professional exterior paint jobs are guaranteed two to three years. Rhino Shield is guaranteed for 25 years. Hey, everybody, Todd Jeffries here for Rhino Shield. It's a ceramic coating that is eight times thicker than paint. It can be applied over any surface, including wood, bricks, stucco, steel, hardyboard, vinyl, even your roof. And right now, they're offering a 15% discount. For a free quote, Texas Rhino Shield at 855 Rhino TX. That's 855 Rhino TX. And online, Texas Rhino Shield dot com.